you know, you get home late from work and you just, you just want to grab that drink and you just have the bottles gone all of a sudden and you're like breaking down, like a genuine breakdown, you know, like a lot of my roommates and my girlfriends, you, you know, it, it, it's tough to talk about because they watch it and you feel guilty that they watch you go through that type of pain. on guys and welcome back to the shifty q podcast with alan k today i have a special guest he is an aspiring music artist out of san francisco california he has just recently re released a single called stay asleep which is now streaming on spotify uh, and there's a lot of layers into this song that we're going to get into but aaron uh thank you for being on the channel how does it feel to have a brand new single out on a platform like spotify well, first of all, thank you for having me on. It's a huge honor to just be able to have an organic conversation with someone after everything the past two years. It's uh, it's great, you know, just to try to use conversation to improve our community. Um, but with having a song out on Spotify now, it's oddly been uh, pretty empowering, you know. Mm. Just as a music fan and growing up at an age where music and being an artist was so attainable in a certain way. And now all we have to do is just go with a company and upload it. It's very mm -hmm. empowering because it just feels like we're on the same playing field that we, that was so unattainable before in much of a way. I think for you, like podcasting has become such a, such a thing that people can easily try out mm -hmm. and just get their foot in the door. It's really empowering. Mm -hmm. You know, it feels good to, one, be able to just make it more accessible for fans and mm -hmm. just also feel like I'm not missing anywhere that I could reach, you know, yeah. and I'm giving it a genuine effort as opposed to like, oh, here's SoundCloud. Anyone could listen to it, but there's a whole bunch of barriers to get to that link. Now, mm -hmm. if you're a Spotify user, Apple Music user, any user, you have it. It's, it's there for you. Now we could just give it a genuine effort, you know, genuine right. shot. Right. And I, I think that's the thing about having it so accessible now and that anybody can do it. It mm -hmm. requires you to put in the effort to actually provide quality and to provide something because, yeah, you, you know, if you only have so many podcasts to choose from, then, yeah, your selection and you're going to bound to listen to something that's not of that quality. But if everyone has one, then the only way that people are going to ever tune in is A, it's got a good reputation or B, you actually know the person in some dynamic because <clears throat> I am not going to tune into a bad podcast and stay subscribed. And it's not yeah. like people have podcasts for people not to listen to or just to, just to hear themselves think and talk, you know? I yeah. just stay in the bathroom talking in the mirror if that's what I wanted. So yeah. for you, man, since you have this new single on and like you just said, every it's accessible to everyone, but I love that you made it about you because, you know, you're talking about how just it's so accessible and it empowers you into doing it. What has that process been like from listening to it and now being someone that contributes to that community? Um, in a way that it feels, it sometimes it, it, it's, you know, I said it's empowering, but it also feels like now the song isn't really yours. It's up to how people perceive it. There's always a way that you want it to be perceived in a way that you want the message to be, um, you know, given out. But now it's up to anybody else how they want to see it and how they want to listen to it. Um, it's really good, though, because it's something that I feel like I add value to. And, you know, just to highlight on your point, it's a lot about like, OK, now that we all could do it who's going to do it the best and who, who will add genuine value and in a way where we're genuinely trying to be better, you know, just to add kind of market value. It's not like we could just, just because we could put out whatever we want, we're not going to just put out whatever we want. We're going to put out what we think is best, much in the sense of what I'm sure you're trying to do with this podcast. You know, it's like I could record 10 songs, but am I going to upload all 10 just because I can? No, I'm going to upload the one that I feel like is the best and will go with my intentions, with what I want to do with music. You know, and I think that's also the empowering part about the whole independent music movement and being able to upload just like that, be on Spotify, be on the same playing field as everyone else before. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's so. How was it like when you? Is this the first song you've ever uploaded into Spotify? Uh, no, actually, actually, before before this single, I had like I'd say since the time I started releasing music, I went by a whole different artist name. I went oh. by uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I, yeah, it's interesting because I used to go by the uh, I used to go by a name called Chino, which is a nickname I got from just selling weed back in the day. It's just from all the Latin kids in, in high school. They didn't know they didn't know my name, so it was like, "Hey, Chino," I'm like you know, come pull up. But yeah, because yeah, I've had a run you know of just releasing music. So yeah, what's real quick? Real quick on a, on a cultural perspective, I think Chino's one of those really cool accepted asian names that we get as nicknames yeah. we've been called i mean let's be real we get called a lot of fucking shit but yeah. chino yeah. is like that cool like you're accepted in the community like you're like you hood like you're cool like chino uh-huh. you know and yeah and, and i mean you're not you know any of the asian derogatories like you're chino like you're cool like oh shit so when you said that i was like Oh, this guy's got a little, little, little street in him. Like he's cool. I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know what the funny thing is though? When I really took on that moniker and took on that name, a lot of people that either shared the name or they may have seen the name and not the face yet, they're like, "Oh, it's a Latin guy." <laughs> why? Why? Why is there so many Latin people carrying this Asian name? You know, quote unquote Asian nickname. So, right now, I, I'll go artistry by Aaron Michael, but Chino is still the nickname to most people. So. Cheeto is still the nickname. All right. Well, for you now, though, so with this new recently released single, Stay Asleep, is it still is it still like the first time? Like every time you release a song, how does it feel? Like, does this like, man, am I, are there nerves or is there excitement? Like, how is that feeling when you hit upload and all of a sudden it hits upload complete? This one and this time around, you know, going first song under a new artist name and new kind of branding approach and image approach. It was a little bit nerve wracking in the sense that sonically, it's a whole new sound. Like you said, it's very upbeat type of instrumental and, uh, you know, a whole different type of lyrics. Because when I was going by Chino, all the music at that time was just about the version of me and that old me, that, that part of my life. You know what I mean? From like, I'd say young kid to like dropping out of college, that's that's what Chino was, you know? Mm. So now going under his new name and um, this whole new type of music approach, it's like, okay, how will people perceive it? Will they just want the old like type of party music, fun music, or will it be like, oh, he's growing as an artist. Let's, let's stay tuned in, you know? But mm. I had to trust myself and be confident in the sense that I love this. This is, this is the music that's moving me now, and that's what's going to move people now as well. Because we don't all stay the same, right? Much as like any fans listen to music, anybody listening to the podcast, they're not going to be the same as they were when they first listened to you three, four years ago. So mm. if you stay in that same bubble, they're going to keep you in that past bubble too, unless you evolve with them in a sense. Because I think it's very important for anybody doing any creative work. It's very important to just be different, you know? Don't say the same. Be different. Yeah. Be different and be you. You know? Yeah. That's- biggest thing ever because you're you're oh my god you're 100 correct i just had this conversation with someone recently like if you're literally tuning into my very first podcast that i ever did and now you tune into this one you're just like you're not the same i I feel like Mm -hmm. i just repeated this right now because i said this on a couple episodes ago yeah um but But it's true it's true it it is you got to just take that step in there you you got to grow with the process you got to let go of expectation and, and just keep going with it absolutely absolutely well let's get into this song man because i i do enjoy it uh you stole a couple of my lines i was going to describe it but it is a very <laughs> melodious upbeat tone and it's a very if you were to listen to i say it's a really upbeat r&b-esque with a little bit of um what's that what's that sound called um um what's that t-pain sound that he made popular what's that called auto, auto tune auto tune with a little bit of auto tune yeah. in there yeah the lyrics are really in-depthful, and, and you kind of alluded to it earlier about a different version of you. What does that song mean? Like, can you go into the process of what started inspiring it and kind of get into how it just turned into the way it was? Yeah, I, I, I love that you bring bring that up because 
that was such an important note for me on why I wanted to release this one. Because um, overall, like, the beautiful thing about music is that you could speak to the audience in so many ways beyond just here are my words and here's how I feel. With the beat being so upbeat and almost like a happy sounding beat and the lyrics being what it is kind of in a more depth and lower um, meaning is that that's what was happening at the time I was writing the song. It was like um, mm-hmm. I was getting out of a place where I was super stagnant, super super doubtful, super down on myself, and really just overall, like, stuck. And I was kind of getting out of that. I moved out of my mom's house. I was building momentum for myself. I got, like, a new job, and I was working. But I would still wake up with that same shitty feeling. Like, I don't feel, you know, although everything around me is feeling joyous, feeling colorful, in here it still felt stuck. And whether what it was at that time, maybe I just didn't know enough yet, or I didn't understand what I was facing necessarily. That's what it was. Everything around me can be joyous and happy, but in here it still feels stuck. You know, like I said in the song, it feels like a loop. Although everything else can still be spinning in a circle, you're still within your own loop. And that's, that's why it's one of those Easter eggs about the song that I loved. It's like, if you could understand it and you get it, then I feel like you connect with it on a whole different layer more than just, Oh, this is what he said in the lyrics. It's like, oh, there's like kind of like a, a simile or like an extra meaning in the whole song overall. Yeah, there's there's definitely a difference between hearing a song and listening to a song. And your song definitely provides that. And it is ironic because I feel like that's how depression and all those mental health issues kind of are projected in the sense where on the outside, it looks like it's perfect. It's all, like I said, melodious and upbeat and happy and joyous. But then on the inside, there's so much other shit that's going on in people's heads and a lot of shit that even they're not aware of. But yeah. we're taught in society to ignore that, put a patch on everything and act like you're fucking perfect. And mm-hmm. if you're not, then it's what's wrong with you. Why are you going through these things? Yeah. In yeah, your opinion, just, when you're kind of going through this issue, did you feel like you couldn't express yourself out and that's why you did it through music? Or where, where do you think those like internal lyrics were just kind of really writing out from? Not necessarily like express myself out. It was more even like internal, in a way, like internal guilt. It's like, okay, look, you're doing all the things you said you wanted to do. You're doing everything that society tells you you should do. You know, go move out, go live on your own, go have experiences. Mm. But you feel a type of guilt in still feeling the same, if you get what I mean. Mm. It's like I, well, I've told actually, myself. Yeah, in a way, it's like. Yeah, because in a way, you tell yourself, like, okay. If I do these like three goals, I'm going to move out. I'm going to go get money. I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to go, you know, chase experiences with my friends. But then you give it a genuine shot to like, you know, three months in and you're like, damn, I still feel like shit about myself, about mm. like the eagerness to go and live life. It's like, damn, what did I do wrong in a sense, you know? And many people sometimes it's like, um, it's like trying to build a habit, you know? Three months in, you're like, oh, you fall back to the old habits. Damn, you kind of feel guilty, right? So in that sense, it's like I felt like I was doing everything right. I felt like everything in life around me was moving right. But inside my head, it was still not where I wanted to be. And it was almost mm-hmm. like a pent-up rage and anger. Like, damn, why can't I get to the point that I want to be? You know? And it wasn't like I couldn't express it out to everyone. It was just I felt guilty about it, so I put it in I just literally woke up one day and the hook just came into my mind. I'm like, yo, I got to just lay this down here so I could look at it from a third person point of view. Like these are real feelings that you're feeling and you have to learn that it's okay. You're still trying, you're still moving. Right. Mm -hmm. So essentially that was my only form of outlet at that time to really comprehend like, yo, you are still feeling this and it's okay. You know? Yeah. So when did it shift for you where you went from having feelings and having these internalization and not being okay with it to all of a sudden like, you know what, this is normal. This is part of the process of being a human being. Like 
is there a specific moment or can you kind of go into where that change started happening for you? This one's a, this one's a tricky answer because I think for most people, well, maybe not most people, but for me, it wasn't just one specific incident or thing that was like a quick shift. It was a multitude of like stories snowballing into itself. Like, dude, it was nights where I would just, you know, you get home late from work and you just, you just want to grab that drink and you just, half the bottle's gone all of a sudden and you're like breaking down, like a genuine breakdown, you know, like a lot of my roommates and my girlfriends, you, you know, it, it it's tough to talk about because they watch it and you feel guilty that they watch you go through that type of pain. Mm-hmm. But through breakdown, through breaking down, you find a lot of breakthroughs because you get down to the root of really why am I feeling this way? It's like, mm-hmm. dude, going down to those shitty moments where I'm like literally breaking down. I'm like running out the house, yelling at people, arguing and shit. Somewhere along the lines, you blurt out another point of your honesty and you have to face it or you keep running away. Mm-hmm. It was like, I would face something about that, keep going on, trying to live life. And then you slowly just unpack more and more, man. Cause then, I ended up moving back home and like moving back home was a whole process on its own because you have to unpack a lot of things with your family, right? You have to unpack like, damn, growing up fatherless for me without my dad, it left my mom a certain way, you know, super depressed. And it was like, it's depressing and almost made me really angry to watch my mom go through so much pain growing up. And I never understood that until those breakdowns of like, damn, why am I like feeling so much pressure to be the best that I can or to hold myself on a certain pedestal? But you don't, you don't find the answer to that until you can break through and really go through some struggles. Like maybe, Mm. you know, over drinking addictions. Damn. Why do I feel all this pressure? And it really stems from that. So. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of hard truths to face. A lot lot of hard truths to face. So. Bro, I, I, I remember one of those, exactly what you're saying with the yelling out and everything. I resonated with that because I forgot what it was where I'm talking about all my, my ex-girlfriend or whatever, what girl ex-girlfriend it was at the time. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I had this girlfriend, but then this ex-girlfriend before that one and then that one, that one is like, wait a minute. The commonality of all the ex-girlfriends is me, right? And then it's like, wait a minute. Holy shit. I'm saying mm-hmm. these are my problems. But I'm choosing my problems. I'm choosing myself to be in them. You know, no one told me yeah. to stay in those relationships. I just happen yeah. to be in them. And yeah. I think you get to a point where like, you know, maybe I'm the problem here. I'm the issue. Like not anybody else or not anything else. And like it's it, I, and it takes a lot to get there and being like, dude, I'm the commonality of all my issues. What am I doing? And and taking that full ownership and saying, fuck that. Something you wanted yeah. added. You said like you wanted to add on to that. I think uh, it was the key word that you kept saying. It was my, right? My problems. It is then, henceforth, it is your responsibility to take care of them, to unpack them, and to understand them. And that's ultimately what I had to learn. And I learned that lesson so many times again and again. I would break down, argue, have another binging night of just drinking, doing whatever, whatever man, like anything anything growing up high school i was doing anything man um you know that shit is crazy but then through that you learn the same lesson again and again until you really learn it because like you said you learn that okay i can't keep blaming the world for everything self-accountability is the hardest thing in this society now it's like no one it's easy to keep pointing your fingers like oh it's this and it's this and it's them but what is still my responsibility that I have control and I can still fix. And that took a long time to figure out. It took like, I'd say easily like six, seven more breakdowns of going through shit with my family, my friends, and even myself, you know, getting angry, sad, breaking down all of that, man. But you can't really reach that point of understanding until you find some type of rock bottom to, to really appreciate the certain feelings. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, yeah, how else are you gonna really know joy until you know sad? How do you know what what being liberated feels like unless yeah. you feel enslaved at one point or another? And yeah. not exactly by ball and shape, but sometimes just through a mindset of not believing in yourself or thinking anything is possible. Um, and and that's what's interesting, I think, about mental health 
and depression. Because I would say there's more depression based off of the, the voices inside of people's heads that they decide to reject and not accept about it. Mm -hmm. than it is actual issues itself. And for you, do you see a lot of that in the same? And, and if so, or if not, where do you think any of that is really just coming from? Do I see problems as actual problems or if it's internal? Is that, is that right. Do you see like with the kind of like where we're talking about the internal battles that we have with ourselves? Yeah. Like, do you say when it comes to like the realm of depression and mental health, do you think for people it's just more of the voices that they really have or is that they really have issues and things? I think it is mostly the voices. Of course, many issues are real issues, but mm. the amount of pressure and pedestal that we put on those issues most of the time is self created. So for me, um, coming out of high school, like I said, I was I was super lost, man, coming out of high school. Didn't know what I wanted to do. Thought I would just be a loser. But really, that really stemmed from putting a lot of false pressure on myself. Mm. Um, growing up in a big family, you want to you wanna make sure you look good with that big family. Growing up without a dad, you want to do better than he did. You want to you wanna heal your mother. You want to give her that type of, like, affection that you feel like she missed out on with your dad. And you put a lot of that pressure on yourself so much, so much that it collapses. But then when you collapse, you realize no one was really putting that pressure on you other than yourself, mm. you know, because end of the day, your mother just wants you to be good. She wants you to have a good job, own your house or whatever, you know, live a good life. Everyone around you just wants you to be the best. A lot of these things are just still self-made. It's all made up in the head. Although they are very real issues, yes, of course, you grew up fatherless, you grew up with a lot of depression issues, but it's really only as far as you may have thought it is, you know? Right. They're like, they're only issues if you make them into issues, you know, like conditions are just conditions just because they told you to do so. Like, it doesn't have to empower you in one dynamic or another. But it seems like for a lot of people, like, for example, I think ADHD is like very common amongst this generation. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of people sometimes fall on that narrative to justify some kind of shortcoming in some dynamic. Well, it's because I'm ADHD, like whatever, like, no, like that, that's yeah, that, that can be a challenge that you have, but it doesn't have to dictate how you show up. Um, yeah, and, that's the and perfect I, analogy for it. Perfect way to say it. Right. And I think it just takes for us to like accept, hey, this is just how I am. You know, like for me, I can't, I can't sit in the freaking chair for too long, I guess, unless I'm podcasting and I recognize that I walk up and I walk around and, you know, like I also, one of the things I accept about myself, I talk to myself all the time. Like I literally have a podcast, so I literally talk to myself <laughs> and I understand in public, it's not exactly the most looked well upon thing. But I recognize it. So what do I do? And I put it in my headphones. I walk around in public still talking to myself. But now it just, yeah. you know, I just accept that I just make a better version of it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so for you, uh, other than you, you kind of talked about going uh, or not having a father and that kind of like having that narrate how you show up for yourself and for your mom. If you were to kind of talk, can you talk about what that's like and and kind of what that means sometimes? Or yeah, um, I think the main reason I keep highlighting that so much is because when we talk about mental health and my personal story with mental health, I never realized most of the stuff probably stemmed from that because, like I said, it was a lot of um, self-created pressure that I put on myself, whether to be better or to provide better. It was a lot of self-pressure I put on myself. And most of those feelings I never really even dealt with until like the past two, three, maybe three years. Because mm -hmm. up until then, it was always just running. But I never saw it as running. I saw it as flying. I saw it as like, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, I love myself. But is getting as high as you could be and getting drunk as fuck really loving yourself and being genuinely happy? Mm. Nah, not really. And you don't know that until you reach rock bottom with those things, until those false highs bring you all the way back down. And if the smoke clears up and you realize, damn, 
I was never up anywhere that I thought I was, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's such a big emphasis for me because sometimes that pressure is still there. Of course, I still want to provide and be the best that I can. But at the same time, I'm an, I know I'm only human. I know I can only do so much, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I think I think one of the more challenging things as well is when we start getting in the pattern behaviors that we identify with as being wrong, like drinking, like smoking, like any kind of substances. I, I think one of the main issues that we have sometimes is we get in this quicksand mentality where we just have like one drink. We're like, oh, I shouldn't be having this. Oh, I already had one, though. I'm going to have two. Well, fuck, I already had two. Might as well have three. And then you're kind of judging yourself at the same time because if you attributed that to such a negative behavior, you're like, mm -hmm. oh, every time I'm drinking, I'm, I'm a shit bag. And this is why I'm, oh, God, I'm, you know, then we get into our heads and we just kind of yeah. enable ourselves into this big roller coaster of just a shit show. Um, but, you know, I've, man, because I've definitely been through that too. Like, for me, getting out of the Navy and, all of a sudden not having an identity or, or a unit to be established with or having people to turn to on just an everyday corner definitely led me into a spiral of just drinking in excess. And all of a sudden I'm not in the military. So I don't get yeah. drug tested. Let's see what this world is like. And then you get yeah. into your, a big whirlwind of just, holy shit, why the fuck am I doing this? So like you said, if I, I, I say I'm happy. I'm putting it on social media that I'm happy and I'm trying to act like on social media that I'm empowered in doing this. But there's like that little internal voice inside, like, I'm not really happy. And I'm just running away from like that feeling. Um, so for you, do you, do you, when, when you can identify that a lot of your internal motivators are coming from like your childhood and your dad, do you still, does that still play in a part on how you show up right now? In the sense that I want to be, in the most genuine sense, I just want to be better and do better, but not in the sense where that's that's the only rhetoric and that's my only title that I carry mm. with myself. Because I've realized, for me personally, there's a lot more to life than just that. I I still have my own things that I love. I love skateboarding. I love music. You know, I love doing all these things, and I can't put all of my all of my mental space into just this shitty thing happened to me. This, this, this ruined my life or like, you know, this is me. And it's like, but you're much more than that. And that, that's one thing you have to learn through breaking down and like more growth is that there's much more to you than everything that's caused you pain, everything of your struggles, you know, right. there's much more to life than just, everything that you always deal with and that your, your back of the voice is always telling you there's much more than that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to be said about having that passion initially, like, you know, going through adversity and that adversity inspiring a fire inside of you that you didn't realize was, in, was inside. But it sounds like for you, you've been able to turn that passion around and now express it through music. And so for you, when you express yourself through music and you are growing with the process, can you kind of talk about that process of what it's like from just the growth from where you started with music and even with like the life issues that were kind of happening at the same time, you know, can you kind of go into that process for you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I don't know if we talked about this, uh, in this recording, but, uh, <laughs> you know, before Aaron, Aaron, Michael, it was Chino and Chino was a version of myself, an old version of myself from like young high school kids, like college dropout. And at that time, that was just me, you know, with music, I'm always as honest as I could be, as I try to be, because at that time that was just the fun guy that thought he was happy and he was just drowning himself in all the substances and everything. But then, there was a phase where I like, you know, I'm not uploading stuff and putting it out because the music was kind of changing. Naturally, what I was gravitating towards and making and came to my mind was changing. It changed from like party and fun stuff to like, this is, uh, this is not okay. Like this is all this like substance abuse is, it's not the best thing. 
Mm. And it became more of that, you know. And then it turned into like, okay, why am I facing like this? And when I'm saying this, this is the songs that I'm writing. And I put out some of them, but, you know, fans and people could hear it. They're like, oh, it's not like the party music anymore. It's like, that's kind of like the sad music. And then it turns into kind of reflective music. And through that and that whole process, you learn so much more about yourself. And you can't have musical growth in the passions and the things you love for any creatives. You can't have any growth until you have your own personal growth. If I didn't accept any of the things and I didn't let go of certain things, I would still be making the same party music I did like three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. But since I did, now I would say the music moves me a lot more in a, in a more genuine way. So mm. I think that personal growth and your passion's growth always go hand in hand, no matter what creative. Even even on a business side, if you're making a business, you're making art, you're painting, whatever, they always go coincide, you know? You can always reflect art to a person's a person's personal life. Yeah, yeah. I, I it's a, it's an interesting process to go from. I'm a music person. I'm or I'm a creative. I'm going to make something creative and being on that huge masculine, and then all of a sudden changing it. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let the universe come to me, and all of a sudden that passion and that art is actually what's starting to come within you, and then. You know, alike a lot with this channel. This channel is just formed on its own. And originally when I started mm-hmm. a podcast, I'm like, I'm going to have a podcast. I'm going to talk. People are going to listen. You know, why do I yeah. get people to listen? And then the the more I get into the space, a lot of what you're saying, like, wait a minute, I, I'm starting to find who I am throughout this. I'm starting to realize yeah. what my strong points are, what things I actually do want to talk about. And it's interesting for me in that process, what you're saying, because I went from beginning kind of like, this is what I'm saying, listen to me. And then it's like, yeah. oh, like I listen to it now, it's cringy. I'm like, like oh, fuck, that's me. That's <laughs> not a very far, very, you know, far recent version of me. Like, oh, fuck, that's me. Yeah. And now I listen to it, I'm like, holy shit, they're a lot better. And I'm sure five years from now, I'm going to be like, yo, fucking Al was wearing that T-shirt still? What the fuck? You know, something. There's going to be something that it's going to be yeah. like, man, I could have done something better. Yeah. Are there are are there instances like that for you in your music where you're like I know you kind of talked about the 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 substances and things like that, but are there, are there any sounds that you don't incorporate or any like like maybe voices like all right, there's got to be something. What what is that, man? What is it? Of course, man. Of course, and I I love how you said it. The whole thing about like when you first start anything, you you should come at it with a lot of ego, right? You come at it with a lot of ego, like I'm gonna. Mm. I'm going to break down this door and I'm going to do this and that. And people are going to react to it this way. Right. And you had this expectation. And then I did that same thing. I'm like, I'm going to be this Asian Bay area rapper. I'm going to like talk about this. They're going to love it. They're going to be like, Oh, we never seen this type of shit before (laughs) you do it. And then the expectation just becomes like a cloud that just clears up and nothing was ever there. Nothing was ever there in actuality. And then you're like, Oh shit. And if you really love it, you really love what you're doing, you really love podcasting, you really love music, art, whatever, you're going to keep going. You're going to keep going and you keep finding what works. And as you find what works, more of the ego goes away and you let your soul kind of go through whatever is your outlet. For you, it's podcasting. For painters, it's painting. It naturally becomes more given. So, you know, if you're saying back then, sonically, I went with a lot of like Bay Area hyphy sound. And yeah, that is me. That's what I grew up with. But it wasn't nothing that I felt was unique to me as who I am growing up in my own experiences. It wasn't fully unique to me and what I could add value to. It was already like, look, this Bay Area sound is already people providing that. What else can I create and genuinely add new value to or just add a whole new thing to? And you start asking yourself these questions and you get out of that box that your ego built when you first got in. When you first started doing music, you're like, oh, I'm, this is who I am. But really, when you learn and you go drop these things, you're like, I don't know who I am. I'm going to find out. Um, I, so I, I stopped the whole Bay Area sound, and it's like, I'll just let that be whatever it is. I'm going to just try a whole bunch of shit. Try funk, try rock, try all this stuff. And then that's why I really love this new song. It's because it's so different from the very beginning. So different. 
I'd hate to say if I was still sounding the same. Like I'd hate to be like, oh yeah, this is exactly the same as how when I first dropped. So keep listening to it. It's like it's kind of stale. It's boring, right? Mm-hmm. Um, lyrically, of course, it's completely different. It's a lot more honest. You know, it's less braggadocious. Still squeezing a little like clever bar now and then, but it's not like I'm way better than you and I'm way better than that because I have this and that. It's like it's it's coming from a whole different mindset now. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that you give yourself the space to express yourself as such and you do it through your passion is, is amazing. You know, um, I, I feel like that's how a lot of people find a sense of self is when they can take that passion that gets burned with that within them of, of not knowing who they are, but apply it through something that they love and find a way to express it in that dynamic. Like that's a gift, you know, so mm-hmm. you, your ability to make music and then express yourself in lieu of it is, is absolutely amazing. Do you, when it comes to like mental health and it comes to like a lot of people going through issues and through issues of of identity per se do you think it's important for people to have passions purposes things like that i think it is very important i don't think it's the only source of identity either i think it's the outlet Hmm. to find your identity um Hmm. you know for me like the reason for the recent name change to aaron michael which is my first and my middle name is because as I felt the music was turning more honest, more unique, I wanted to be more of myself than the image that I thought I was, which was Chino, the super braggadocious, you know, Asian dude that had the money, had the drugs and had all that shit. It changed from that to like, this is really who he is, you know? Mm. And I think, you know, music definitely helped me get to that point, but it's not the only way, you know? I, I don't know if you watched the movie Soul, I always think about this one. Um, Okay. He right. he learns in that movie, the main character, that like there's much more to life than just your passion, and there's much more ways to find your identity. Because end of the day, you just you could only be you. Like I think you said earlier, it's best to just be yourself. And the more that you learn how to be yourself, by not falling into society's pressures, and even your own pressures, then that's where you really find who you are. You know, whether it's pressures made by society, like you got to have a house, you got to move out by this, you got to graduate or its own pressures to where I have to be better than whatever my family was. I have to outdo my old childhood trauma, whatever it is. Um, You have to realize that letting go helps a lot in that sense, you know, Mm -hmm. through identity, at least. It's like you think you know who you are and so you don't. Right. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people have this yeah. image of themselves. Um, I'm pretty sure you have this similar story where it's like you reach a point in life where you're feeling stuck. You're like, oh, this is all I'll ever be. For me, that was getting out of high school and like being lost. I thought that's all I would ever be. I thought I would never know what I want. And I thought I wouldn't ever know who I am. And I kind of just accepted. I'm like, dude, I'm just going to feel like this loser version of myself forever. But then you keep letting go and you keep letting go. You Like I said, you break down, you go through different things. Tough times get tougher and you learn more of yourself. You, you shed that old skin, you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah. And the fact that, that you took that adversity head on and that you got to a point where you're like, hey, I'm going to make something of it instead of being trapped by it is a lot. Because I see a lot of people identify those issues that we're kind of talking about, like, Hey, you pinned yourself in a corner. This is kind of where we're at. And it's an, it's unfortunate because I see a lot of social media now geared towards enabling, not only that, like, Hey, this is what you're going through and you should stay victim still because it's okay. And I see yeah, that more yeah. often now than not. And, and I wish people would understand like, yes, what they're saying is true, but there's also a lot of truths. And mm-hmm. it's depends on what truth do you want to live in that really matters. And that's why that perspective, yeah. that experience and the outlet is definitely necessary. Yeah. I love that you bring that up because, you know, I do agree with a lot of the uh, social media like rhetoric, like it's okay to not be okay. Yes, it is okay to not be okay. But 
we need to push ourselves to do better. We because we all could do better. Because right. it's okay to not be okay. That's our outlet to get better. That's the path to get better. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And 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 if there's anything that's worth being sad over, it, it it's also worth overcoming. You know, and in any situation I like that, that one. that's a good way to say it. I like that one. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's like one of those random fortune cookieisms, right? <laughs> but but it's so true. Like if 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 it didn't really matter, then why would it have effect? You know, like for example, when when I used to be really fat and like because I, I went through a huge transformation when I was really fat and people told me I was fat, bro, I, it hurt because I was fat and I was insecure about it. And nowadays, now that I compete on stage, good luck trying to tell me I'm fat and me caring because that's furthest thing from the truth, you know. And yeah. So yeah. It's, it's like, you know, one of the things is like, if, if someone says something to you, whether it's tonality, whether it's the context of what they're saying or who it's coming from, if it had hits in some dynamic, it's like worth really looking into if you're going to consume yourself into that energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's why the whole identity question was tricky for me to answer. It's like, because it's what you label yourself as, right? If you label yourself as, oh, I'm fat and that's all I'm going to be then that's your identity. But if you're like, my identity is that I can be anything I want. I'm, I'm a bird. I could be as free as I want. Then you're flexible to change and go from anywhere. And that's what I meant by like, it's better to just let go and not even attach, not even attach it to the passion. That could be your outlet to find more of yourself, but never attach it to just solely one thing. Like, Oh, I'm just this depressed fatherless Asian kid, whatever. I allow myself to be like, you know what? That is me. But, I'm much more than that. And, you know, this is just me reiterating my point in a different way that I loved how you highlighted it. It was great. Yeah, it's really important, too, to not label yourself and consume yourself into that box. Because, you know, like, you know, for us growing up as like Asian people and Asian men, there's a lot of negative Asian American men rhetorics that if I were to just project my life as being an Asian man and that's it and confine myself to that label, I wouldn't amount to anything that I've been able to accomplish up to this point. Mm -hmm. and, and so you bring up a very good point where it's like, Hey man, like your identity matters to like how you decided to define yourself, but that's completely up to you. And it's like mm -hmm. really pungent that you have to find that out for yourself. Um, exactly. Exactly. You know, yeah, I'm sure for you as a person really into fitness, like shit, man, like years ago, being an Asian person in a fitness was like tough because it's like, we're just used as a scrawny, like weak Asian man. Right. So right. for me, it was the same type of rhetoric. It was like, Oh, what are you doing? Skateboarding? That's for white boys. What are you doing? Rapping? That's, you know, that's a black culture thing. And it's like, mm, yeah. it goes, it goes into that whole thing where for a lot of Asian males, they felt limited because they didn't see themselves doing this. You know, it's, representation comes in so many ways just do you do what you like yeah. as an asian person why are you rapping because i like it i have a genuine passion for it i respect it i appreciate the art so that's why i feel yeah. like i want to contribute to it add value to it represent for my people through that even skateboarding is like it's the same type of bubble podcasting fitness all these things especially podcasting because it was like oh asian people don't know how to speak up for themselves they're quiet right that was the whole mm -hmm. rhetoric back then but now as we change that and we can only change that through doing more of it and really speaking up for ourselves in all these different outlets. Yeah. You, you take a very good stand, man. One of the things I love talking about um, is because you're right. I didn't see any Asian people in the bodybuilding space. I didn't see a lot of Asian um, men in positions of masculinity as a general whole, whether it's Hollywood representation, whether it's in bodybuilding, and one of the things that I used to harp on was to be the hero that I always wanted, you know, and I love bodybuilding. I love, you know, doing these things. That's why I like people like Jeremy Lin and like, and like each year, especially Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin is a hero in the Asian American community. God damn it. He is like, a fucking Superman you. of it. Yeah. Yes. By far, because he broke that every Asian can play basketball rhetoric. And I know there's every Asian baller or every Asian, anybody that associated itself with the game. You're like, yo, yeah. we made it. We did it. You know, like that was, that was everyone person that was Obama every for sure. Yeah. We yeah. don't need to be president. Just have us in the NBA. We just want our street cred. We don't need the other shit. You know, that's all we want. 
That's yeah. it. So it was, uh, it was, it was awesome. And, and yeah, I, I, that's very encouraging too, because you, you have two to two choices, right? Like there is a misrepresentation there. There really is. And one of the reasons why I started this podcast is to, because I saw a lot of Asian American podcasts. I'm not going to say which ones or YouTube channels, but a lot of them still default to, well, it's because we're Asian and it's because they're, they're white. And because, oh, they probably assume this. And yeah. it's like, yo, you don't understand. If you continuously label yourself and keep yourself in these boxes, your behaviors are going to follow with your mindset. And if the, mm -hmm. if the, the the content that you're consuming is going to constantly tell you to stay in these boxes. You're never going to find an outlet. So it's mm -hmm. very encouraging that there's people like you where you're like, man, yeah, there's no Asian rappers, but fuck it. I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be yeah. that motherfucker, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Let, let's, let's pivot here real quick. Cause we were talking about the Asian stuff. Um, and this is something that's kind of recent, but I did want to at least provide some kind of local representation of what's going on. That's out of CNN. That's out of Fox News. That's out of all uh, that other yes, bullshit, please, right? Yeah. And so, what what I really want to talk about is the most recent uprise in hate against Asian people, at least as portrayed in media. For you that mm -hmm. lives in San Francisco, that's I would say with the media just says, "Oh my God, if you're Asian, you're going to get shot immediately or get punched in the back of the head." It, how is it for you as an Asian person? That's I guess just in San Francisco right now, like what's the basic feel amongst people right now? This one's a, this one's a tricky, tricky answer because it's you know, very political, right? So it's tough, tough waters, but I definitely have my own perspective on it in the sense that like me personally, I still go outside. I'm relatively outside. I hang out, I'm out and about. The tension is definitely there between mm -hmm. Asian people in every other race. You see it on the bus, just in the car, just out and about. You see it. You people feel some type of way, right? Um, as far as any incidents, it's hard to it's hard for me to honestly say that I've seen many live in person. I think with social media, it tends to get muddy waters because it's easy to feed that, and if your your notification feed is going to feed you what the algorithm wants, mm. so. When I see all these posts about all these incidents, yes, they are happening. They definitely are. It's not like they aren't. But in the shrewd amount of numbers that is posted every day, it definitely does get fabricated in a very um, toxic social media way, kind of like to a night fear into people. Because, And I say that to say this, as much as there's been hate online, there's a lot of love in person. I've been doing mm. this whole past year, I've been doing so many like, like Asian community events for music or even just speaking. It's been so many of those events and it's people's of, it's people of different colors going to those events. It's not just like Asian people rallying together, like Asian power. Like, trust me, I hate the whole rhetoric. <laughs> of Asian like, dude, no, like I grew up in San Francisco and I grew up with so oh. many different people. I hate that whole rhetoric because the thing is, I just want to close out that tension. Day-to-day, right. -day, in person, I don't see too much of it. The tension is definitely felt, but there's just more love than there is actual in-person hate. The tension is there, don't get me wrong, but, mm. you know, doing all these events, that love is still there, and it's it's up to you what you want to see sometimes, you know? The feed will feed you what it wants. You soak it in how you want, but just definitely, I think people need to get outside more. People need to get outside, try to interact, you know, I'm not saying violence and stuff isn't happening. It very much is. It's very real. But as much as that is, it's not hard to try to give the effort to be different from that, you know, to try to yeah. um, bridge those connections that whether it's actually there or not anymore, you know, that part is uh, one to figure out and want to see with time. But, uh, you know, definitely for me outside personally, I see more love than hate, man. Simple as that. I think Instagram just tends to make people a lot more worried than they need to be. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we just got to focus on like really building community. It's a tough, it's a tough answer that I don't really have the proper solution for other than what we're doing right now, representing, talking, creating conversation, you know, and just giving ourselves a voice. That's important. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's man. You bring up you bring up a really good point where you like whatever you focus on is what you're going to see. And like you said, there are there is hate, there is tension, but you see a lot of love as well. And it's really important, especially during a time of tension and sensitivity, to reflect on not only what is going on, but how you're taking in what is going on. You've got to constantly evaluate are the thoughts or the rhetorics that it's serving you, and if it's not, why? And if it is, then constant. You know what I mean? And it definitely. Yeah, definitely that, especially with like Asian American everything, because I feel like we've always been marginalized and, you know, Asian women have been sexualized, Asian men have always been emasculated on the other end of everything. And it's just now that it's getting popular. And although I think a lot of it still is very ignorant, Mm -hmm. at the very least, it's being talked about and there is a sensitivity to it for once. Like, you know, I know a lot of Asian American men in my generation are constantly keeping themselves in a shell, you know, like they'll do something and then deflect. Oh, it's because I'm Asian. Ah, you know, deflect because I'm Asian. Like in a way, it's like, Hey, you got to excuse my, my behavior because I'm a less than of a person. And I still see it affecting a lot of people in my generation. And I'm not mm-hmm. far removed from it. Cause that's what I would do if I were to go into like a space of white people. And I felt uncomfortable. I felt this need to assimilate. I would say something like, Oh, it's because I'm Asian. Sorry. Try to make them laugh or something stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm glad that it's finally getting to a point where it's providing awareness is providing a space for our people to just be them without being yeah. just Asian, you know, and, um, yeah, it is, it is, it is awesome on that. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, Anything it's all definitely, re- in my sense, it's all definitely real. It's out there, but as long as we keep focusing on community and building relations and bridges through that, fuck what your phone is saying man get outside go interact with some people go interact with some different people have those conversations that's really what will drive a better world beyond just your little screen honestly yeah 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 well thank you aaron i i really appreciate the time the oh instagram handles spotify what 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 other context do you have on there bud uh instagram handles all changed to um i dot aaron michael um uh, should be just straight across all the whole board um spotify just aaron michael stay asleep out now you know the whole deal just go check in with <laughs> all that man um but no thank you alan for having me on it's like i love just having um one an organic conversation two a genuine conversation about something i feel like we're both actually passionate about it's not like oh let's just talk about this because it's trendy it's like <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about this and I felt excited to go on the show because um, I felt like I've been looking for the proper outlet to verbally say this out beyond just the music. So thank you, Alan. Really appreciate sure, it. Sure, Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys very much for tuning in. And until next time, guys, deuce. Peace.